Welcome back for another episode of Ready Comics Roll. I'm Anthony, the man with 12% of a plan. I'm infamous Iron John. And I am the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. 42 Mike. Does anybody else miss playing Star Wars tabletop? Holy shit. <laughs> I think that's the one tabletop game out of anything when it comes down to, you know, your D&D, your Pathfinder, or anything like that, that I would actually like to get into a game. Star Wars is life, so yes, bring it back. Which is sad, because didn't we all get into a campaign, or at least kind of start one off, which completely end up just dying off? I, I think we've all had that one Star Wars campaign that we start, and then it falls off, and then we try to recapture the magic, and it falls off. I specifically off. remember a Star Wars campaign that you ran, Mike, back in the day, <laughs> where you created your own system of stuff, which... Didn't turn out to be bad. I mean, honestly, it, we, we kind of felt pretty powerful in the scene. Anthony, you weren't you weren't really like there at that point in time. Uh, great storyline. A a trio of um, Keldor. Kel- it was we had a yeah trio of Keldor brothers. <laughs> each one of us ranging in different aspects of it, whether it be an actual like gunslinger, a force user, a uh, an actual like um sniper. We had we had it broken down by range increments. Oh, one yeah, person yeah. was melee, melee one like, person was middle range, and then friggin' Will with his friggin' sniper rifle. And then And as a medic. Yeah. But no matter what, storyline going great, power going great, you felt like you were accomplishing something, and then Mike drops the ball and we never play again. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, though, I think everybody has a story that they've joined a campaign, got excited for it. There was a plan, things were working out, and then out of nowhere, done. The campaign dies. Well, the thing, the thing is, is right now, because of Disney and holding the reins on everything, we're not getting a new edition for uh, Star Wars Tabletop. And it's, I don't think it's anything we're going to see anytime soon, unless somehow Disney buys out wizards and I wouldn't it put it be a thing I, I wouldn't always put it a possibility no, <laughs> always a possibility would not put it past them yeah, we've yeah, seen yeah. what they've done with anything else with Marvel and um, yeah. yeah no and actually I don't think that would be a bad thing because I think with 5th edition being out the way that it is now it needs more direction it looks good it's not nearly as MMORPG as 4th edition was like not all the classes are to the point where Oh, I'm a ranger, and I'm a rogue, and we both deal the same damage. The, we use the same stat. Well, you know, it, and I think that's always the been... same skill set. Yeah. I, I think I've always had a problem with that with um, a lot of the Star Wars games, though, is even though, just like any other tabletop, you have your different classes, and you can kind of design them to a certain level... Their Jedi they're, were broken in Star Wars. Well, yeah, everybody Jedi, wants to be a Force everyone, user. Everyone wants to be a Force user. <laughs> well, and you know how to do it, right? You do it. And, and, but I'm saying, there's. I don't think a lot of times there's enough variation to do something unique. Um, yeah. And I know that's really hard to put because there is such a range of you know classes and sub like classes and abilities and stuff like that. But it feels like there's always if you're gonna go bounty hunter, you're gonna go. This type of bounty hunter. If you're going to go force user, basically you're going to be melee or you're going to be space wizard. That's really about it, you know? Ah, <laughs> uh, the space wizards. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, is though, like, everybody had that whole, well, Jedi are so powerful, you have to build against them. Like, if you're going to play in a game of Star Wars, you build against killing Jedi. If you, you're going you to not play a Jedi. Like, you, you always had to counter the Force users. Yeah. Is what it always came down to. Mm-mm. Not if you were fucking Legacy Era. Well, Then let, you're playing against the Yuuzhan Vong. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like survival of the fittest. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wasn't our campaign Legacy? The one we ran with Will? I think... Probably. I think Will. so, but I don't think no, we were Will, really, Will getting really into... Likes. Uh, legacy, like Yuzhan Vong, yet that that's some weird stuff that not many people like to go. But that's the other thing we've always had this contention on on worlds. Like I, I've, I'm more on the the fantasy RPG aspect. Like I still love D and still love the you know Dungeons and Dragons. Like that has always been cool to me. You've always been more like mainstay, modern, and Star Wars, Sarah's kind yeah. of thing. Which in, in that case is great for you because uh, Pazio, if I pronounce that correctly, they have Pathfinder, but now they're actually coming out with Starfinder, which more focused on the whole 
space exploration, the, the D20 modern kind of gameplay. Yeah, but it's by the guys that made Pathfinder, so it's going to be horrible. I don't want to hear it. To me, Pathfinder <laughs> is the best system so far. No, no, it's not. Okay, well, what, is, what is your opinion of the best system? And I swear if you say D&D 5th edition. 4th edition! <laughs> no, no, no. That <laughs> no, simplified garbage is... No. Um, to me, that I... That felt really flat sometimes. I, I still... And this is this is the old school in me talking. It better still, be three point five. No, no what? A D and D, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Second Edition, essentially two point five. That is way before even I started doing. Yeah, anything. I know. That I'm is... an I'm an '80s child. So, it, it, okay. So what it comes down to is the biggest difference between Second Ed and three point is the fact that you're you're essentially doing math backwards. Everything was Thacko, two hit armor class zero. Um, so yep, kids, the game you have to know math. Yeah, this was and that was the case in, in with second edition. I mean, with, with any any form of D and D Pathfinder and that stuff, there is still some involvement. In well, of math, okay, but, but second edition before they came out with A D and D, second edition was you need to know calculus to figure out if you can take it down a dragon. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I, I'm with you though when it comes to the setting though. I've always been more fantasy based. I mean, even in my video games, it's like a Dragon Age. I mean, that's heavily influenced by Dungeons and Dragons. It's probably the reason why I, I, it's one of my favorite series above all. I, I I can't put down Shadow of War because I like killing orcs. Is that <laughs> is that bad? Am I a horrible person? No. Is orcs a race that I should be worried about? <laughs> you're, you're, that's kind of racist. I'm racially insensitive yeah, to orcs. You're racist. <laughs> So and any orc listeners we have, I do apologize. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, but Mike, Mike is my, a good the, person. See, John, you look like a dwarf. I have the heart of a dwarf. I've always loved dwarves. They've Don't listen. Been... Do not. I mean, you know, my dwarfish strength, my dwarfish good looks. This beard <laughs> is epic. Okay, so just careful. All right, don't talk yeah. shit about dwarves. I love dwarves. Dwarves me- have always been my thing. Everybody always wanted me to play elf because I'm fucking tall and skinny. But no, I love dwarves. Meanwhile, everybody always gives me shit because I always play as fucking humans. But hey, I know I like your vanilla. Hey, hey, but but I still kick ass no matter what form of human I take, even though nine five percent of the time only, it's sword and board. Only, fighter. only in your mind. Yeah, oh, yeah I've right, right, right. watched you play Dragon Age. It's kind of painful. <laughs> hey, hey, you could watch my playthrough of my channel. We play in Dragon Age and watch me kick everything's ass. And I'm playing on hard difficulties, so eat it. <laughs> so is it awkward though that? Um, like I, I love the the sci-fi aspect of basically the D and D type stuff. So I'm into the future. I'm into the modern. But I love also playing games that have to do with like let's say God of War. So that ancient Greek or each um you know Egyptian that stuff I'm cool with. If if there was a D and D game that did more of that, um, uh, what was that one? Oh, the, not it Eternal. It was the D ten system. It yeah, was put yeah, out by yeah, the same yeah. guys that did um. Exalted or something. Exalted. Exalted. Yeah, it was the same guys that did Exalted. Um, they put out a D10 system game. Um, was, it wasn't Divinity. Shit. Um, I'm going to I'm going to butcher the name of this game now um, because I can't think of it. But yeah, you played as manifestations of uh, Norse gods, Greek gods, Egyptian gods. Like it was lit- Pantheon. I think it was Pantheon. I think it was Pantheon. I think you're right. Um, if they're wrong, of course, let us know in the comments. Yeah, oh, right. oh, thanks. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but no, that and that brings into the thing. I loved D10 systems. Vampire Tabletop was so good. You, we won't talk about LARPing. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys wanted me to get into LARPing, and I was just like, no, you guys can have fun with that. I'm not going to play Rock, Paper, Scissors in the middle of a park. I'm like, oh, okay, I bitch you now. <laughs> All right, so to, <laughs> to clarify, was, LARPing was... is live-action role-playing, and yes, we are a bunch of fucking nerds. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> we didn't establish that, is, that, that is one time? small aspect of nerddom. Yeah. Um, to, be, to be honest, though, like, the thing that made LARP... For vampires, so good was the actual intrigue of it all. Like political intrigue was a big thing for that. And but you can get that in any game. If you yeah, you can. But it, the thing is, is the system was built into it. So, what do you guys think about Ampguard? No. I used to play. Ampguard, <laughs> I know you did. That's why I mentioned it. Yeah. <sighs> Boffer weapon games aside, 
LARP was a, was a unique thing. Yeah, I'm not going to go ahead and sit here and knock on LARPing, period, because I think it's an interesting thing to do. It's just the way you presented it to me was not very desirable. It's like, yeah, you just sit there and play rock, paper, scissors, and then that's how you do things. And I'm like, really? That's that? That? Like... I don't think that was my main selling point on it, but I'll, I'll concede to, to... Oh, it's a bad sell. Yeah. But um, I, I I could appreciate that. Like, you're talking about the intrigue, the story, and that's really what draws me into a lot of D&D games. And even when building characters, I tend to try and build ridiculously specialized, powerful characters, not sacrificing other stats, mind yeah. you. Still try to keep balance. But a lot of people are like... They think I'm like a lot of other players to where they do it for the sake of, I just have to have the biggest, most powerful, badass character. No, it's because I appreciate the stories that I'm playing in and just the level of fun that's involved in all these different adventures. I don't want my character to die. And if there's anything I can do about it, I don't want my other party members to die, which is why I build my characters like that accordingly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I always usually play Dwarven Cleric, so I'm always the healer. Um, Stone Shape. (laughs) (laughs) no inside jokes on the channel Um, mike i need you to use stone shape i'm sorry i didn't realize that i didn't have it to level four god damn it man (laughs) how long have you been playing this game mike (laughs) well that's the problem they keep changing all the fucking rules um but that's another thing the these uh worldless realms as I, as I like to call them the the games that don't actually have a built-in setting um I would say Call of Cthulhu from the book because there wasn't a like singular setting you could play Call of Cthulhu in any setting yeah. um there like D20 Modern can technically be played in multiple settings you can just adapt the rules the rule sets and the classes to things speaking X of, Crawl was a was kind of an adapt, adaptation of D20 Modern Speaking of a good Cthulhu game what was the name of it um it, it actually involved like organic mechs in in all that stuff it, it was it was a mech <laughs> system but it was Cthulhu. Both Mike and I are like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, dude. It was oh. a crazy thing. And it, it was like, you know, just like any other good Cthulhu game, it messed with your sanity. Yeah. And that was the point. You can't have it, Cthulhu and Eldritch Horrors it, without there yeah. being some level of insanity. I know. Um, but no, like, and that's the thing. Like, I remember playing games of Call of Cthulhu on or around Halloween for people's birthdays and stuff like that. I, I would write up in like a one-shot campaign, and we've done that on multiple occasions. I mean, you guys like Cthulhu one. before it was cool. Yeah. Well, to be fair, uh, they haven't written a new book in a while. <laughs> they are going to be making a new game. Yes. Yes. They are remaking Call of Cthulhu. Or what was it? Cthulhu. 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 Mighty Lord Cthulhu. Yes. Um, yeah, H.P. Lovecraft's been dead for a while, so... That's no yeah. excuse. He needs to get off his ass and start <laughs> writing more books. Ugh. No, no, no. No, no. J.R. Tolkien needs to get off his dead ass and doing something. <laughs> I was going to say, listen, some people confuse J.R. Martin as being a dead ass... And not complete his books. <laughs> <laughs> he but... truly has no excuse. R.R. Martin has no, has so, no excuse. Yep. Mm. Um, R.A. Salvatore needs to get off his ass and write a book. I know his son's starting to write now, and I'm like... I like how we're telling all of these writers they need to get off their ass. And we've <laughs> never know. written a book ourselves. No, nope. I've barely read a book, no. <laughs> I mean, we have to pull ourselves out of a slump just to go ahead and jump on the couch and just... Talk. Shit, yeah. I don't even read books anymore. I have Audible. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm one of those people. Um, but that, okay, so worldless realms. Uh, then you have things that they've tried to add worlds to, like Magic: The Fucking Gathering, getting it, like building the path, uh, planeswalkers, and the the realm around Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, and I'm still not even sure how I feel about the addition. Not not, not planeswalkers from a story standpoint, but just from adding them adding the cards. I've still never really felt good about that. Well, I mean, they even added, and this is this is a far stretch of the friggin' imagination for me, but that the fact that the Yu-Gi-Oh card game has now started to include cards based on the characters from the show no where they like included a yugi card they've done that for a while though yeah it's, i mean that's been around for a while but i, I mean think... that's the thing like they add they add the world to card games now and the the worst thing is is that the adding the worlds just enhances the power creep that has happened in magic the gathering like planeswalkers are a completely another monster when you when you start 
even thinking about where the power creep has been going over the years. Especially some Gather. of their special abilities. Like, I can point to almost any single Jace card that's a Planeswalker and just look how ridiculous his abilities oh, are. You're talking about a blue deck. Yeah, this, neither here nor there. Counterspell decks are dicks. Yeah, we've already said that. Not only that, um, mill decks, too. Yeah. And any of that nonsense. But then Jace just comes out of left field. It's like, okay, go ahead and have this person mill, like, four cards. And you get plus one to this card. Like, oh, they want to play a spell? To play that spell, they have to mill four cards or it's countered. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, But that, that goes into the whole thing, like, power creep is a thing. We, we've we seen we've seen it happen in all... I don't think anybody's ever argued power... I mean, they'll try and argue power creep. Well, whether they'll, they'll, it, they'll argue how how vast power creep is. But exactly. I think we can all agree Nobody... I don't power, think anybody like, disputes Oh, that. Lava Axe came into being, so now power creep. No, it, it's been... It's been one of those things, like, in Magic the Gathering, power creep has been continuously happening. In Hearthstone, power creep is one of those things, like, me and John can attest to this, like, the game has progressed to where you're looking at mana cost versus life stats more than you are looking at attack sets because now now and this is a big lot with Hearthstone now the whole thing is a control game yeah it, it, you build a control deck there the 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 aggro decks or the like fast decks from like Magic the Gathering don't really work in Hearthstone the way that they they do in Magic which I'm so glad that actually uh, I mean one of the decks that I liked in the very early parts was like the priest control deck. Yeah. So now that it's actually kind of gotten to that curve, I, I feel like, heh, I'm finally viable for it. <laughs> <laughs> priest, priest this is what in, I've been doing all along. Yeah. <laughs> priest and rogue in Hearthstone always have had this thing where they, they like to Hey, what are you playing? I'm gonna play some of what you're playing. So yeah. you have like the mind steal cards or thought steal and then you had with the rogue now rogue's got a whole bunch of like I'm going to pilfer your cards. Yeah. So now I can play what you had in your hand. Ha ha. But the thing is, is with uh, the latest ex- the latest set, the... Um, I forgot the name of it. Uh, I, just, I don't play Hearthstone, uh, so I don't even know. Yeah. Um, they started adding in the Death Knights. Yes. For all the cla- character classes. And now it's like down to like three decks are viable. Like you have a... Mage Elemental deck where you get your you get your hero card out for uh, Frostlet's Jaina, and now all your elementals have life steal. <laughs> all I know is again, Priest is OP for this sense because of the fact that his Death Knight basically once you start popping down what's it? It's a spell or just any card? It's, I forgot. Um, first of all, when you play him, he battle cries and kills anything with five attack or higher. Yeah, and then his hero power changes to do till do two damage. And this power refreshes every single time you play a card. So you can pop down, like, 28 damage in a turn with full mana. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That that almost kind of reminds me of that just being able to wipe everything out. Bad Magic the Gathering. Um, I usually like to run colorless decks because not many people tend to do that. Colorless decks usually involving artifacts. Yeah, I hate, always hated artifact decks. So I end up building this hilarious deck involving mirrors to which just... Generates lots of mirrors, and you're like, okay, mirror, to- you know, mirrors are like one one. It's nothing, but then you have the the uh, steel. Oh, man, I forget that. It's an, 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 an the it's, the big mirror that's X X, where X is the well, the mirror, the mirror, the mirror battle, the mirror battle sphere. That's not even what I was getting to, but that one's oh. nasty in itself because once that attacks, not only does it just attack, and you have to declare blocking whatever, but it also does direct damage to the player equal to the amount of mirrors that are basically attached to it. Gotcha. That's not the nasty thing though. There, like I said, the mirrors can actually be bumped up by a a planes uh, a, a planes card, uh, it's shattering steel or something like that. But it gives any artifact creature plus two plus two. So now those one one mirrors, now three three mirrors. You can generate literally an army of them, and it gets even better because then it has scrying glass. Scrying glass, uh, scrying uh, glass. At the beginning of your turn, you go ahead and tap it. You pay like one wait, point. Wait, wait. So you're gonna tap that. Glass? Tap that glass. <laughs> yeah. And what it does is it destroys all permanents instead of and except for um, enchantments and artifacts. And my dick, uh, <laughs> my dick, my dick, <laughs> my dick was literally nothing but artifacts, enchantments. Even the lands 
or artifact lands. All I so know is the entire thing that I got out of this was tap that glass with my dick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is where it became a lot more mature than intended. Yeah. Welcome to Slips of the Tongue. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, okay. so, something that we all know about, at least. Here, slips of the Tongue? <laughs> slips of the Tongue? Um, Heroclix. Ah, and yes. the power creep that has happened in, power, in, in Heroclix over the years. Now, uh, over the years, but now that they have the new rule book and new standard that's coming out, is that kind of... They've toned down power. Like, And this is something that I think is really good. Like, Hearthstone and both Heroclix have managed to do this. They, they've set in guidelines where this and this and this are where we're going to adjust to. So for Hearthstone, it's like you have the Wild Library, which includes, like, every card they've ever made. But then you have their Standard Library, which only includes main sets and whatever the current, like, um, adventure is. Um, with Heroclix, we have what they consider the two-year modern rule. So only if you if you play by modern rule standards, you are only playing clicks that have been out in the last two years. Plus you play by modern rule set, which in the 2017 rule set, we've had a lot of things get adjusted and fixed. Hypersonic speed is not nearly as broken. Objects have been more redefined. Things have been tuned around, uh, m- like, m- movement management systems, like... Sidestep has become more prevalent, so there's a lot of things that go around. Oh, sidestep. you mean that really that awful, really terrible, it, useless power? I mean, a free to movement is complete garbage. I'm okay, just saying. I was just saying. For, for context, we got into a huge argument over abilities and powers for characters, and Sidestep was brought up, and Mike said, Oh, that's just completely garbage. It's just terrible. It's not even good power. No, I was I was stating it in in the context of the other powers that could have been had at that point in time. Oh my god, sidestep was not useful. That's still your comment was completely wrong again. (laughs) You seem to be really proven wrong a lot at this point. This is this is episode three, and you're still proving yourself to be wrong at a lot of points. In sidestep, holy shit, that power is op for free movement to reposition. You know, get in and out of certain terrains. You get basically a free movement after break. It will break away without having break a token. Break away is the biggest. Right. Break away without having a token. Without even having a token. And then you can do your shit. So therefore, even though it consists of only two squares, that thing, it's a game versatility yeah, is no, a game changer. Bra- bra- With the breakaway alone, it's a good power. I wasn't stating that it wasn't a good power. I was stating... That Again. you were wrong, I understand. Wrong, Thank you. Wrong, wrong, when, wrong. When you can choose wrong, between wrong, impervious wrong, or sidestep, I would choose impervious a lot of the times, is all I'm saying. A lot of the times, a movement power or a defensive power. That's a hard call. That's a hard call. If the repositioning can do something, then... Yeah, and in this... It just, I think that the sidestep gives more... It has a lot of versatility. It has a lot of versatility. It has a lot of versatility, a lot of possibilities. It's, it's most certainly not a garbage power. No. That, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. But main we, point. We've had <laughs> yeah. we've had these these hero clicks that have come up, and now they just released the new Thor Ragnarok set, which is weird because this is the first time I think that we've had a sixteen fig um, box set like this. Well, and then you have a lot of doubles. I mean, yes, they have different powers, well, different stats. But... Not even in that. Like, um, the last time that, that struck me as odd. The the Wonder Woman set that just came out from from DC was uh, a gravity feed like this is. Yeah. Um, not really, not necessarily a movie tie in it because I don't think that it was. No, tied no, to no it wasn't Wonder tied. Wonder it was movies. just tied to. But there was Wonder a, Woman there was a lot general. more variety. I believe. There was more figs. Yeah. There, I think that there was too. something like thirty two or forty four, something well, like that. I am surprised because I I don't remember seeing like a Korg or any of the other like. Battle arena. It's no. literally, it's, it's, it's literally, literally like, the main character. Yeah, it's literally Loki, Thor, Hulk, Grandmaster, 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 Odin, Heimdall, Finnis. I was about to say Heimerdinger, but yes, Heimerdinger. <laughs> yeah, Heimdall, Fenris. Which she's got some nasty abilities. Well, yeah. Oh no, hella, hella for real. No, I meant him, Himdale, right? Heimdall. 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 Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, we're just going to butcher's name. 
But yeah, so eight figs and then they dupe them? Well, it, there's right? there's 16 figs altogether, and there's not dupes of every single one. There's dupes of Thor, Loki, Odin, uh, Hulk, almost Grandmaster. All, almost all of them. Yeah. Uh, Hell, Hell is a unique. Uh, Fenris is a unique. Yeah, Fenris is unique. All the, the, the chases, I think, are all unique. There's only two chases in that. Yeah, because it's Hella and, and Fenris. Fenris, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, the rest of them, the other seven at that point are all re-sculpts. Right, re-sculpts, different dials, different point values. Um, but it, I, I know when looking over the figs and kind of going through the reviews, like, the, the, what, What's should we call it? Uh, racquetball, uh, freaking <laughs> racquetball, Hulk and Thor. Yeah, like playing whore, uh, play whore. playing whore, <laughs> playing Thor and Hulk. <laughs> Thor is a whore. <laughs> lots, lots of Freudian slips tonight, apparently. So you play Thor and Hulk, and you can just like bat a enemy character back, like, and, forth. back and forth, yeah. and then you're like, I mean, hey. it is limited. It is limited. You could be a pinball wizard. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, but um, you know what Hulk has, right? He's got sidestep. Yeah, he does. He starts with sidestep. Yeah, that garbage power. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So he can move into position to get ready to do toss the whore. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, pretty. But much. I will say, when it comes to power creep, uh, out of all the different kinds of games that I played, whether it just be you know pen and paper or trading card games, Hero Click seems to have the best management. Of it, like yes, there is some power creep, but no, compared to name another system that <laughs> no, does, I, name I, another system that does it better than uh, you're, you're making faces. No, 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 no. And don't you. confuse, don't confuse the fact that remember Hero Clicks. If you look at Marvel alone or DC alone, the the how the system works for itself is good, and especially when it comes down to point value and everything like that. It sticks within its own universe. The point values work. I think the biggest gripe always has been like point value to power scaling to yeah, what it comes down to. DC, they obviously just love to go ahead and go crazy. With well, and the, and the thing is, you know, it changes every other set. Like one set, it'll be like Flash, the Flash set was actually a very balanced, round, well-rounded set. And then the next DC set, which was, I think, um, no, Superman and Legion of Heroes was a set before that. It was um, Trinity War. Trinity War was, holy crap, everybody's like 300 points, 200 points, and they hit like Mack trucks, there's like a 12 attack, 6 damage Superman. <laughs> yeah, but that, that makes sense though. If it's 300 points and everyone hits like a truck, that makes sense. But when you're 115 points and you still hit like a truck and you also have defenses that are way crazy, that's just DC. <laughs> that, what, cause that's a, what I'm talking about. Exactly. You look at Marvel's then you, go, you no, do Marvel, uh, you compare the same thing, but Mar- mm-hmm. Marvel's, Marvel's mm-hmm. key points is Oh, every one of my characters is just not gonna die because they all have like traded regen, or I always heal, or traded super I... sense. Ah, uh, traded super sense. <laughs> every spider. But that's what I'm talking about. As far as that's balancing. beautiful, though. I'm sorry, though. It, it is. That, that makes it's, sense it's, for but the character. Then let's look at what happened. What did they do with the new set of rules? They went ahead and said, now, sure, you still can't outwit the traits themselves, but you can outwit the, the powers power. given from traits. That's what I mean. So they figure out ways to kind of balance things out. And then, and then DC goes around and is like, uh, no, uh, the new Flash is hypersonic isn't hypersonic. It's he- We're just going to reword it. We're going to so reword it so it's, it, not, so actually it's not actually hypersonic power. So that way well, you can't it, But it's a trait, so you can't outwit it. <laughs> but at the same time, though, that's smart. It works. It's something for a character. Like, if you think Spider-Man... You think agile avoids everything. Yeah. He, Less of his super strength, you think more about that. You that. can't get past that spider sense unless you're a symbiote. So I, 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 I've, I've seen a it. lot of times where Spider-Man has been beaten to a bloody pulp. So, but no, But his spider sense still go off. Regardless. Exactly. Spider sense still goes off. Flash. Flash's power is speed. speed. Yeah. Therefore, if you give him a power that's trait, like I can understand traded hypersonic, but at the same time, though, I'm going to outwit it. Wolf, now what am I going to do? You know what I mean? And again, but that tends to be the thing. That's the whole, like, what is Superman? Superman's impervious to damage. Lex Luthor shows up without wit. Now you're no longer impervious to damage, Superman. Yeah! 
But that's always been the case. Like, are you going to give Superman traded impervious? Are you going to give him... Well, even if you could, it could still be outwitted now. Yeah, but are you going to... Okay, are you going to give him a traded damage reducer? Like, no. Like, just that says always reduces three damage. No, I was going to say, that that's the exact point that we were talking about before. Is actually, you give there's him, a Bizarro that does that. You, you give him, <laughs> just like um, the new fig that you said earlier, the... The uh, Flash. For, no, for uh. Superman, has regular damage reducing powers... Give him the ability to always reduce, da- like, does not take penetrating damage. Oh. Therefore, okay, he's always hardy. You're, he's always gonna have that. You take out his defenses, understandably so, he's still gonna take damage, but at least that, that sense of invulnerability is, is there. always there. Yeah. And if anything, on the topic of Hero Clicks, if there's any particular set or figure that you find to be the best in your opinion, or the most badass, definitely let us know in the comments below. Or ones that are OP. Well, mm-hmm. I thought that's what... Whatever. Ah. Uh, Purple no. Man. Purple Man. Purple oh, we OP. haven't even seen the atrocities that Purple Man can commit yet. That's going to be happening soon. Yeah, I still haven't gotten a chance to play him. <laughs> and, I mean, we've been so into Heroclix too, we've even dabbled in creating our own custom Heroclix figures. And, of course, you know, playtesting and balancing it amongst ourselves. Nobody's ever really made anything that's too ridiculous just yet. Uh-huh. That's we'll the see point. with yeah. uh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. With your with your Aeon and don't. Also, <laughs> yeah, hey. he it, he controls time. It sometimes makes sense. sometimes you just need to create a character to be a standard and never be played. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, Either way, but um, we look at things for characters with the Flash's hypersonic, Superman's invulnerability, Spider-Man's super senses. I think that they have this good wave of making sure that they want to identify certain key things to the character that should always be with the character that should never be outwitted in a sense. And then they still make it out there enough to where they're like, no, 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 you can outwit these types of powers, these standard sets of powers. No, Whiskus has been doing a lot better, especially since the... uh, what are we going to call it? The, I'll, I'm going to call it the Silver Age, where powers and abilities cards started to come with every single character. Yeah, yeah. Um, during that during that fluctuation into what is now modern era, I think there has been a lot. What more. is the Golden Age? Of golden Age is Golden Age is pre card, or yeah. actually Golden Age is actually yeah, technically you, usually they modern, call they but, called them they gave them specific gauges because how great they were. Are we really going to say that's when HeroClix was at its best? No, but it was the most <laughs> unique, and that's when the game was taking off. the The Silver Age really went for HeroClix really went into that zone of, okay, we're going to add in cards, we're going to add in some detail and depth to the characters. Um, and then that, that even covered the the special powers era. So therefore, now we're going to create some uniqueness. Even if you look at the Silver Age of comics themselves, that was when a lot of characters got their biggest power boosts, you know? So therefore, if you look at it, that Silver Age of Heroclix was the huge power boost by just adding special powers. Yeah. Now, you know, they've expanded so much. Now we're at that modern age, like Mike said, to where they're finally going, hey, let's condense this down. Let's redo our canon. Let, let's do this rebirth to the whole thing and really structure out a classic set for the game. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, if you want to talk about that, sil- the Silver Age period, really, like, it, it started with um, essentially that... The special powers were just somebody who had one or two powers on a specific, like, that would be considered a movement power. Like, Flash had phasing teleport and hypersonic speed. Or you had um, charge flurry on a Wolverine. Like, it was always kind of intermixed to where it was always... Yeah, <laughs> it was the thing that you couldn't have before because you couldn't have two colors on no, one No, they figured out ways to go ahead and combine them for yeah. uh, mm-hmm. more interesting gameplay. Um, I don't know. Mike, your dog is creeping yeah, me out. Yeah, I know. He's being weird. You're creeping me out. Off the couch. You're creeping me out. Go play. Go play. Um, <laughs> he's looking at you like you're bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Mm, bacon. I'll bite you, dog. <laughs> Either way. Um, but, 
I don't know. I think when it comes down to Heroclix, Heroclix is the one game that, yes, there's definitely been some, uh, you know, power scaling throughout the years. <laughs> but as it's now coming into the modern phase, becoming standardized, I think it's becoming, you know, pretty... They, again, just to reiterate the point, they seem to be the best at maintaining it. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. I, I mean, but so that's what those things like... Can it, we agree that, once again, Mike is wrong? Yes. I... I <laughs> <laughs> theme. <laughs> I guess we do have a theme for this episode. God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> so superhero politics. Oh god. <laughs> I was thinking that we have we have to talk about something that's been coming up because it's been in the DC shows a lot lately. Um, primarily Arrow, where they've revisited What's Green Arrow. It's you mean a show about Green Arrow? You mean what? Batman in a green costume? They made a show about that asshole? Yes. I'm kidding. I know. It's just. It's just I feel it's awful. I don't. I don't want to watch. Okay, Arrow. I thought it had its good and bad points for yeah. Arrow. Arrow's kind um, of reached this this point where it's at where now it's like the mediocre seasons of Supernatural. So it's still okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, like most of Supernatural? Which is sad because I used to be a huge Supernatural fan, but it honestly should have ended maybe around season five, five or I think six. Five was where they actually had the ending. Written. At one point, and I'm sorry, this is a spoiler to somebody, and I, and I think it was like season ten or eleven. The big bad was the sister of God. God, where do you go from there? Um, apparently, you go to a Nephilim. Because that's the new big bad or not bad. I don't know. It's so confusing this it's, season. It's like, don't oh. ask questions. Supernatural. Yeah. Um, and it's the child of, it's the child of Lucifer, but it apparently thinks it's the child of, um, the, their angel buddy. Castiel? I, Castiel. Yeah. Well, he considers Castiel daddy, not Lucifer. Mm, but this so. is what I'm talking about. It's like, it's like, oh, my brain hurts. But how can you continue What, what I was getting at is <laughs> yes, they, they've revisited, they've revisited something that happened in the comics a while ago where Green Arrow becomes mayor of Star City. Mm-hmm. Um, and this brought about something, and it made me actually research a couple of the other superheroes who have run for, like, office and stuff. Like, you had Wonder Woman, who actually ran for president twice. I did not realize that. Oh, you mean, like, literal politics here. Like, I thought you were talking politics. about, like, other stuff. No, I don't want to talk about actual politics. Not in this current climate. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, come on, if Lex Luthor was going to run for president, what platform would he run on? Come on. Anti-Superman. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> But then again, we have current Lex Luthor, who is actually kind of pro-Superman. It's weird. Everybody, all the villains are becoming good guys, and all the good guys are kind of becoming anti-heroes. It's this whole, <clears throat> you have Doom, who's oh, now. Doom. Infamous Doom. Good guy. Infamous, Infamous Iron Man. Man. Yeah. Oh, shit. I love, I don't know. You were the one who told me um, about that comic, Anthony. And then I had to check it out just because of the fact that I love Doom. It's exactly, it's Doom. I knew you like I. I enjoy it. Like I, I'm definitely. I was never a big fan of Doom, but it, uh, going back to some of the comics, such as like Battle World, when mm-hmm. they the whole Secret War, Second Secret Wars series, it was just so great. And just even seeing all the things you mentioned about say, uh, Doom, just actually seeing it come into play, it's like I said, definitely warmed up the character. So I once I read that, just because I just saw it pop up, I'm like, that's so weird. Why is you know. Victor Von Doom in Iron Man style armor. Read through it. It was it was a it was a wonderful run, and I just I had to tell you about it because I knew you would love it. No, and I gotta say what I really like about this comic is one it's it's really flushing out Victor Von Doom, who by the way definitely could run for office. Yeah, <laughs> he, what are you talking about? He already runs the country. I was gonna say well, not, like not, not right now. Not right not now. Right now. Not, he yeah. ran an entire existence. He was God. Yeah, yeah. but yes, other than being the complete overlord of Latveria, um, which right now in Infamous Iron Man he has kind of stepped aside from that. Isn't um, like his 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 little Doomling lady running Latveria? I forget her name. But there, listen, there there's been a lot of stuff going on in a lot area which i think is what's going to tie doom back to his in a sense i don't i don't don't remember i I, want to call it basically his original character in a sense because i mean you think he's going to loop back i think he's going to loop back around it's just it's inevitable i mean the character I, i don't know if it's inevitable john to be honest like the way that i've seen a lot of the the these things happen because we were. Everybody was thinking that after New Fifty Two ended, that Lex Luthor was going to loop back. I'm going to tell villain. you when it's going to happen. Here it comes. Fox finally gives up the rights to Fantastic <laughs> Four. Doom 
finally turns. That's when it's going to happen, because right now with Fox owning, you know, the Fantastic Four and Marvel going, hey, you, uh, they're going, we're going to write better. Guess who's going to be? Doom. The guy that everyone liked in the first fucking movie and everything else has been a failure. He's been the only success for the Fantastic Four. We're going to make him the star. And they're going to do it up until they get it back and then he's going to turn heel again. Simple as that. I, I, I don't like, think... I like the use of that. Like <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, I don't think that... Right that now he's is, a tweener. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I think though I like seeing him in this hero light though for for a per and I like him going through these redemption kind of footsteps. He's like you know I know I've messed up in the back. I know all this stuff and but if I can use what I have, my power and sorcery and technology, and put this to a good use, then let's do it. Like I want to correct my actions and I want them to ride this out as long as possible. But I know he's going to turn. It's, it's Marvel. Marvel. It's Marvel. It's Marvel. He's going to turn okay. Mar- later down Marvel, the line. Marvel might it, do it that. Maybe, Marvel, how long, Marvel how long likes was, to stick to the status quo. How long was the issues or how long was the series where uh, Ock was Superior Spider-Man? That was a pretty long run. But I mean, let's let's be honest. That I would almost say that's a little bit different. I get where you're coming from because he's infamous Iron Man. Yeah. But I don't think he's like truly replacing Iron Man. And he kind of himself has says that he is, but yeah. it's not the same as to where Doc Ock literally inhabited Peter Parker's body and was being Spider Man. That's where like I, I, I see the similarities kind of end. I'm only saying though, you have a run that like the uh, Superior Spider Man with Doc Ock that definitely but she was it. a dick as Spider Man too. That brings an edginess that a lot of people like, though. That's the that's the thing. Yeah. Actually, it was like I a really second, like it was a second Scarlet Spider. Spider. Yes, <laughs> which I personally love Scarlet Spider, and he w- he was not a villainous person. He just had that edge to him. Um, but you, that, like I said, Superior Spider Man ran for how long? How long would you say? I, I don't even uh, I remember. Have, I have every I have everything. It was only um, it's it, six of the. The, uh, not hardback, but the... The collection. Like the collection The collection, books. and that normally has, like, maybe four issues. It's six. usually three to four issues in right. one book. So, you know, you're looking at at least a year's worth of content, probably, right? Especially the way a Marvel year's worth writes. Of, right, yeah. a year's <laughs> worth of content of that. So, you're, we're at least expecting this, like, these actions of Doom to probably play out for at least a year. Because yeah. that, that was during Marvel being monthly, so yeah, that yeah. was... That was over a year. That was almost two years. There you go. So you enjoy Doom being on the side of good. Okay, that genius for two years. That's that's where you're putting it. Maybe. Okay. Yes. Should I call it now? <laughs> I'm going for two years. Well, hold, hold on. What what in what time frame does Fox have to make another movie before they lose the rights? <laughs> I yeah. know. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Within two years. <laughs> so. um, but no, that's the other thing. Like, when it comes down to movie rights, like, Fox just needs to give up, I think. They just, period. Like, not give I'm up sorry, anything Fox. in particular. Just, just, just give, give it all up. Give yeah. it all. <laughs> well, at least give back Marvel properties so that they can do something good with them. Uh, so or, or joint project. Work like Sony did. Stop being stingy. Yeah, you know what? They they can they can be in such a great place where they're like, hey, listen, we're going to let you use the character and the rights. We just want to get some money from it. Spider-Man Homecoming. Perfect example. Exactly. Great movie, great play out on everything. Sony makes some money off of it. And what did they do? Nothing except for say, sure, use our character. Oh, besides that, funny thing, I don't know if you guys heard about this or not. Marvel Cinematic Universe, Paul Feige, is it? Paul Feige. Feige? P5 Faux Feige, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the point Foggy? is... Mr. Feige. <laughs> so there's the huge thing about the ending of Age of Ultron. There's a funny story that recently came out. They're going to be retconning the ending. Not the whole ending, just the part where Hulk decides he's going to fly off into the sunset and said he flew off into space, which is why we have him now in Thor Ragnarok. But it's hilarious. They need to retcon it. They just need to make him jump onto the back of a Quinjet and have the Quinjet wrecked straight up. Well, that's what's funny is apparently in the original ending of Age of Ultron, uh, Josh Whedon's like, this is what I have planned. He's going to fly off into the sky. And they're like, well, no, you can't do it that way because then people are going to assume that he's going to be leaving, you know, the atmosphere and going off in space. And then we don't want people to think we're doing Planet Hulk. Time passes. We're by. doing Planet Hulk. Time passes yeah. by. And it's like, um, yeah. 
we're gonna need you to retcon that, like old Bill Lumberg style. I could just imagine him having the mug and he's like, yeah, we're gonna need you to retcon that ending because we're having him go into space. It's Planet Hulk, but not Planet Hulk, so gonna need you to do that for us. Which is kind of funny because now MCU is really just becoming normal Marvel. It's like, oh, hey, remember all these things that happened? Nah, don't actually, think about those. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have it because we need this to happen in the comics, and so they're just kind of going in line now. Next thing we know, Howard the Duck is going to become Hulk. No. <laughs> I'll stop reading Marvel. Mark <laughs> my words. for governor. <laughs> Tra- Mark Transitioning words. to the dark side, huh? DC? No. Try- yeah? Huh? We'll find you a character. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was- Listen, there are a lot of lanterns. Let me introduce you to Larflees. He's really funny. Okay? Mine. The guy barely knows his own origin story, but that's a part of his charm. Okay? <laughs> well, remember, we, we already established, and that was par- partially due to uh, Injustice, and some of the some of the newer Aquaman comics, that was the kind of person I was leaning to, especially because Mad Fat Sharks. Yes. And that's oh, wait. What- I forgot. He's that vanilla. We give him Aquaman. Oh, here you yes. go. Yes. <laughs> I will fight you both. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm glad, like, look look at Injustice 2. They gave him Mad Fat Shark. Or Injustice, I meant 2, not as in, like, the game 2, but as well. That's right. Mad Fat Sharks. Mad Fat they gave him Mad Fat Sharks, yeah. and now you get Jason Momoa as Aquaman in the DC universe. It looks like they're really trying to push him to be a lot better than... I talk to fish and whales. Well, that's that's been DC's whole thing. Like they they did really when they New Fifty really when New Fifty Two started up, they really reinvented the way that one the way that Aquaman handles himself in a situation with all the other superheroes around him. Listen, I'm gonna say straight up in the past, what maybe five years between the comics and live action shows and everything like that, uh, Marvel and DC have both been doing really good jobs. Uh, of course, this comes into a little bit of personal opinion um, about making characters that may haven't been um, in viable, viable or even <laughs> likable. They're they're really doing it now. There's a lot of people who love Punisher. I was never a fan of Punisher back in the day, but now well, it's because you they, know they they've really and uh, yes, the movies that they put out. Um, for Punisher, yeah, this actually never really it was the Netflix series that really sold. The Netflix Punisher. really sold, and the same thing with Daredevil. I hated Daredevil. You hated Daredevil. We watched the Netflix series, and same. I, we both kind of actually all like Daredevil now. Very few, hallway fight scene, <laughs> which is now a staple of uh, Marvel Netflix. Oh, series. I love every, it. Every I want it in series. every series. It, it has been so far. So every series. This is this is something, I, this is something I, was, I wanted to talk about when I brought up Arrow. They they've worked on the choreographing for the fights in all the DC series on on CW now so now like there's a kitchen fight in the in this last episode of arrow they called that, the people from netflix i think they called the people from netflix yeah. i really think they did <laughs> yeah. because just the fight scenes from the last few the last two episodes it's only been two episodes since arrow came back on tv where the fight scenes have actually gotten a lot better they used to look very clunky and he would just fire a bow and people would fall over so in that kitchen scene you're just about to mention i think i see in a gif of that didn't he light a dude on fire? He sticks somebody on the stove, they catch their back on fire, he spins them around and then kicks them in the ass and they fall That doesn't something. sound very non-lethal. Was he supposed to be going the non-lethal route here? Lighting somebody's ass on fire. Stop dropping roll, yeah. motherfucker. It's not, like whole, like, it's not like he was engulfed. His back was I, on no, fire. I, I saw the gif. Like m- The majority of his body was aflame. <laughs> hey, if the stuntman survived it, that guy can survive it in the comics. Alright? Just leave it alone. Don't forget. Everyone in DC, even the the, the yeah, petty now, criminals, OP as shit. They all have toughness. Yeah. Okay. And just remember this: but lighting somebody on fire, wouldn't you say that's kind of dark? No. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get off that? Can we get off that goddamn horse? <laughs> but either way, um, okay. But you, I don't know what what kind of angle besides the choreograph for Arrow were you trying to go off like you you were starting with politics uh, yeah I was starting with politics it was uh, segways you know segways, segways. I, I, I ride segways um uh, you ride more than just that oh you're a mall cop <laughs> <laughs> um but no I was the, the thought process was that like we have all the stuff that's going on in the storylines uh, in it, it, it happens more in DC that I've noticed like again Wonder Woman Lex Luthor Green Arrow they've all been politicians um Marvel, I can't even think of, like, Tony Stark kind of ran for something at one point, I think. He was director of S.H.I.E.L.D. at one point. 
Other the only than person everybody's was... either been a king or a director. Marvel's weird. Like, you know, you've got King Thor. J. Jonah Jameson was mayor. Yeah, there we go. J. Jonah Jameson ran for mayor. That's right. Um, and he actually liked Matt Gargan Venom, which makes me not very happy with J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I like the Spider-Man. Well, it's not Spider-Man, you dick. It's clearly Venom. And it's Matt Gargan Venom. The worst Venom. Well, it's because he was a Thunderbolt, and he was all like, I'm going to be a hero, as but I not cons- really. As I continue to consume people. Yeah. Well, I didn't say he was a good hero. He was an anti-hero. I wouldn't even say that. No, <laughs> that that's, no. that's just a, a Straight villain, up villainy. Yeah, <laughs> villain in disguise. I'm like, hey, I'm going to do some good stuff so I can eat Which people. is literally what it was, because that was the whole Dark Reign arc with Norman Osborn. Yeah, Dark Avengers. Hammer. Yeah. The Dark Avengers. Dark Avengers. Which, yeah. I actually, I mean, I don't know if it was just me, I kind of like how that entire series ended, coming towards the climax with... It, it was the, the first Secret Wars, that's where... No, no, I'm talking about the actual... Secret Invasion. Secret, yeah. Secret Invasion. But no, it, Secret Invasion is what led to him being director yeah. of oh, yes. Hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first but place. the actual ending of that start going towards Century... You know what I mean? And then the void. Oh, okay. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's how that arc yeah. kind of ultimately collided. Which, if you're going to end it on, like, a big bad note, like, Sentry Void, that's, that's, the, way that's the way you do it. Uh, it just reminds me of Mighty Avengers, which I don't want to ever think about, because it was literally just a whole bunch of really strong characters and Iron Man? No, but I'm talking about, like... The, Ares, like, Sentry... Ares, Sentry... Miss Marvel... Ms. Marvel um, it was Hulk, all... Yeah, it was And all, then Iron Man, and it's like... Who's the weak link and why is he the leader? <laughs> was Hulk in? I thought he wasn't yeah, in the Mighty Avengers. He was, he was the Hawkeye of that group. Yeah. yeah, Iron Man ended up being the Hawkeye and yet he was the leader. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Tony Stark for you. Yeah, he, he, he He's given everything and deserves nothing. Well, you know what though? They, they've been doing a lot of that between like, you know, either Cap's going to lead the Avengers or Iron Man's going to oh, lead Thor. the Oh, and Thor. Thor was also part of it because that's what led to the... Uh, Iron Man versus Thor showdown yeah. that everybody thought was going to be epic, but was literally like two panels long and ended exactly how it should have. Where I think it's just Tony having Mjolnir put it on his chest and he can't get up. <laughs> Sounds about like, right. Yeah, so there, there's no, the there's no universal alternative. And you know what? If that were Doom, he could the moment it. that Thor put that hammer on his chest, he would have absorbed the power. <laughs> that's because that's how Doom is. <laughs> He would have calculated that out. This is going to happen. This but is this is happen. why Doom is one of the best villains of all time. And best heroes now. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, like... We all have the we all have that that those villains that we that we connect with. I mean, you you've always been a big Doom fan. You've always been a big Magneto I've, fan. I've just always liked his intelligence. Yeah. I well, just... And Magneto's, Magneto's a very similar thing. He's very powerful, very intelligent. I consider Magneto more of an anti-hero than a villain. Okay? <laughs> okay. That's Here a fine line to walk. Just a little history here. These guys, for whatever reason, always like to stick with the... No, no, no. Me, more than anyone else, likes you, to go yes, with yes. the anti-heroes. Because you, you look at... Okay, Doom's a villain. But there's points where he's been on the side of good, though. But, yes, villain. I then was going to say Sith, Hydra. I mean, you're literally wearing a t-shirt, which is the First, first Order, order element, Hydra over a Hydra symbol. Listen, hail the First Order. Um, <laughs> you guys and your Sith. Listen. And your no, no, Sith. but you look at you look at these characters. Um, okay, the characters that I like. Magneto. Charismatic, anti-hero. He, he has... You know, if you look at his history, look where he's him, from. Him and Doom, he's doing it for a cause. Him and Doom are similar. They're, they're doing Doom the right thing for the wrong... Uh, you look at how Doom runs Latveria. The wrong thing for the right reasons. That's yes. what I was thinking. Yeah, wrong, wrong stuff for the right reasons. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Cable, again, ends just to find the means, doing it yeah. for what well, the betterment of the that's more. Is. That's more. That's more of an anti-hero. That's where I'm at. Because, like, uh, that, I've always been a big Superboy fan. Superboy in a lot of the comic arcs has been an anti-hero. He's been one of those people that's like, I don't necessarily want to be the good guy. Like, depends on he robs a bank in in Teen Titans, and he's just like, I needed money. I had to pay rent. How was I supposed to get that done? (laughs) How was I supposed to get that done? All I I do is hero all day long, and nobody pays me to do this. And Tim Drake's like, well, I could have just kind of given you money. I have all of Batman's account information, but. For, for everything else, guy. you you've always been a fan of like the Captain America, the Spider Man, Venom. 
remember, Eddie Brock and Venom, he was not always a good guy. And I think part of the reason why I really enjoy his backstory no, really? is because the redemption arc that he had. No, but even when he was a quote-unquote villain, if you look at it, he never harmed the innocent. Yeah. No, he didn't. Because he, he, wanted, a, he wanted remember, to put... I, I specifically remember in the early parts of Venom, he would be like chasing after Spider-Man. They'd be going through all this stuff. And just because of how much action was going on, they would like crash through a building and then they would be going out a window and there was like a child that fell out the window. And, and they Venom both, was like the first both... person to like go and save the child, like before well, even Spider-Man. That was his whole thing is he just had so much rage that was not only his own... But also the symbiotes, the symbiotes against Spider-Man. And yeah, Peter not Parker. against people. Yeah, I mean, which is why exactly he basically saw Spider-Man in a more intense and hateful way that J. Jonah Jameson sees Spider-Man as he's he's the menace, he's the bad guy. I need to stop him. Which again is why the Maximum Carnage storyline was so good because you had the Venom and Spider-Man happening to like. Being forced to join each other's sides to stop Carnage because Carnage was literally the just worst. out for blood. But uh, to your point, that's a major thing too, is he never hurt Mary Jane or Aunt May. He knew, because remember, thanks to the symbiote, yeah, thanks he, to Venom, he, he, had knew, he knew he knows who Peter who Parker. Were. He knew everybody was important to Peter Parker. So if he wanted to, in an instant, he could have hurt, or even worse, killed all of them, but he never did. Because his I, focus was always in the, Peter In the Parker. comics, wasn't he partly responsible for Morbius, though? Morbius, to, Morbius, the when he gets infected with, because uh, that's around the same time. No, what happened is, is he was at this point whittling away due to cancer, and it was a, it addled his mind. So he thought he was hearing venom, but he didn't. And what it was is he was actually going to go in there and he was going to kill Aunt May, but then he came to his senses and did not, because he even donned a special uh, T-shirt, long sleeve T-shirt that he bought that was the Venom symbol the, of Black. Symbol, but no, he, he was not responsible in any way, shape, or form of, with Mobius. That was kind of just a nice little throw-in of having him in that comic and still fighting with the, that demon, so to speak. I still... The sad thing is I still love the 90s cartoon adaptation. Because they made, they made that whole that whole run of the symbiote and the, the Venom and even the Carnage symbiote, even though it only showed up for... I think maybe three episodes. No, more than that, because they also did Spider Carnage. Yeah, they did. That show, that that show was was surprisingly long, and I've rewatched it on Netflix like twice, and I still am like, I've missed some of these episodes. And And did you know that Stanley's wife was the voice of Madam Web? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I thought that was that was really cool. I didn't, I didn't notice, I didn't notice that for a while, and then like going back to, I'm like, oh yeah. That was such a good show. I mean, a lot of the '90s cartoons, like X Men, back then was really great. The X Men show back then was like, and (laughs) the crossover episodes between Spider Man Man and the X Men. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. Wolverine and Beast. Always. It was always Wolverine and Beast that he always met up with. Incredible Batman. More. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) It's such a man crush on more. That's crazy. I'm going back for Morph. This is for you, Morph. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Wolverine character. and his bro, his bromances. Yes. But you know what, though? The, it makes sense, though, too, because uh, if you look at everything, whether it be comics, hero clicks, or anything, Wolverine, Spider-Man, not just the staples of Marvel, but also the biggest whores that are out there because they've teamed up with, with everybody. Everyone. Spider-Man. Why do you think Both in here? Why do you think yeah. in HeroClix Spider-Man team ability is wild? Card? I know exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, real quick, just to clear stuff up. In Carnage Axis, this is with the weird storyline where uh, Red Skull end up getting Xavier's mind, and to stop it, they had to use magic to flip the axis, so to speak. Good guys literally became bad guys, yeah, and yeah, vice yeah. versa. That, that whole Carnage became a good guy. And through that storyline, they canonically prove that Eddie Brock this entire time was right. And that uh, Emil was actually the true Sin Eater. He was not the copycat. I have no Spider-Man's idea Spider-Man's bad guy. Uh, Alright, so the whole thing... Right, so <laughs> real, real, real quick, because I know you guys don't like me talk about symbiotes too much, and that's fine. But the whole, the whole reason why Eddie Brock hated Spider-Man is because of the fact that 
He his origin was he was the uh, big shot journalist. He got the scoop. He figured out who the real identity of the Sin Eater was because this, the guy who claimed he was the Sin Eater was telling him all this. He's like, it's me. I'm doing it for righteous reasons, blah, blah, blah. I want you to tell my story. And so he does. It gets published. But then Spider-Man catches supposedly the real Sin Eater. So that's what pretty much destroys his life. Eddie Brock gets fired. The oh, yeah. crank gets pulled. He ends up losing his, his wife because of it, because all the fame and money he was getting, that's what drew everybody to him. Now that he's lost it, he was nobody. Even his father, which has always basically hated him and was proud of him, thought that he's a real huge piece of shit now. So basically he lost everything. And that's what drove him to that, that anger and the, that anguish. And then you come to find out in Carnage Access, uh, Emil, I think, I believe his name was Emil Gregg. He is now like this Ghost Rider-ish kind of character to where he's got like the flaming green skull and he kills people with sins. And then he absor- takes in their sins. That's where he gets power. So he has all these new- newspaper postings. And you know, find out that the person that Spider-Man caught was actually the copycats. And that Eddie Brock was right all along. So vindication. Yes, vindication. Vindication. Spider-Man in, in, in an Spider- alternate universe. No, no. Canon. <laughs> this is canon. This is, this is true. And that means Fired out of a cannon. Spider Spider Man is unintentionally a dick. Ruined a man's life. Well, I think he's always kind of been a dick <laughs> in certain regards, but you know, Spider Man. You know, knives, my only weakness. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he at least admits the reason why he's a smartass is because it's that's how he's able to throw people off their game. Because if they ever see him being too serious, like that's basically the biggest slap in the face. If he can sit there and make jokes, what does that make you think you are to him? Yeah, you are nothing. This is a, a game to him. It's 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 the whole uh, mind games that he plays with whoever he's fighting against. It's the, the getting them off their game, basically throwing them off tilt to where it's a lot easier to beat well, them. You you know where you know where they got like the the whole premise behind Spider Man's whole wit and the way that he he is comes from it's it's more he's marvel's flash yeah he's we just want to be the moral compass and the kind of the jokester yeah Yeah. um but in in regards to the the 90s cartoons you had them the whole whole thing for justice league was that green arrow was the moral compass apparently even though he was a lecherous douchebag (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i know he was an alcoholic well, not in the not in the cartoons, not in the nineties. Not in the cartoons, but I mean, that would be interesting. He was, he was just lecherous. He was just constantly yeah. after uh, black. I, I'm sorry, I, I am. I'm thinking of comics where he was basically the equivalent of Tony Stark. You know what I mean? Because like, DC and Marvel always have to copy off one another in one sense or another. Yeah, I mean, well, you you look at it too. There, there's a there's a, a really good reason behind that. The fact that you know a lot of writers from DC went over to Marvel and, and they, they kind of yeah. cross back and forth. They're like, hey. That was really popular over there. You, you're not over there anymore. Come here. And well, that's your own bad idea. Forth. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it gets into that whole thing where it's like the reason why they keep Batman around to, is to keep them human or some horse shit like that. No, the real reason is because they can't trust that mofo. Yeah. And they know he's going to end up doing something horribly wrong for well, the right reason. It, it's so that they can keep an eye on that, that horrible criminal that is Batman. <laughs> and there it is again. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be an episode that we don't bash that. Batman. With the exception from the first episode, that's only because of the fact that it was Marvel oriented. Uh, Even then, did we did take a jab at Batman at any point in time? There's Wait. always a possibility. <laughs> who, who, who's it? Who's who's their own worst enemy in in Marvel? Tony Stark. Oh, okay. So he he he. he yeah. I mean, that was an easy answer. Yeah. <laughs> Rich boys with toys. It's it's that it's that whole hierarchy. Like there's of, even uh, the little the little joke drawing, which I always find hilarious, which is literally just Batman and Tony Stark throwing money at one another. Yeah. Get a money fight. Money fight. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> and then yeah. Spider Man kind of crawls in. He's trying to scoop it all up. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's poor. Back in the day when Spider Man was a poor broke bitch. He is again. They made him poor again. Yeah. Thanks. But it, I mean. This is, I don't know. Again, status quo. Marvel yes. and their status quo. Uh, yeah, Marvel and their status This is why I'm saying he's going to turn. I, that's why I agree with you. As much as I would like to see him continue. It, it may be for Dune's a while. Gonna, DC, it, DC, DC has, has done their like fair share of retconning and going back to what is status quo. But they've also done a fair share of evolving characters. Like I said, Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor has kind of become not necessarily a full-blown hero... But he has definitely become a good guy. 
Um, he actually now wears the Superman symbol on his armor. Like, he sees himself as Earth Superman. Now, did that start happening before or after Injustice? Um, it was the end of New 52. It was before the New 52 Superman died. No, no, no. I mean, like, do you think Injustice influenced that? That's why I'm asking no. about the time frame. I don't really... Well, okay. I don't think that that influenced it. Because it wasn't before Injustice 2. Well, he was a good guy in Injustice 1. Um... No, because New 52 started before Injustice. Injustice Okay, see, Injustice that's what I was out, asking. I think, I think around issue four of New 52. Okay. And I think they had this storyline kind of okay. in the can beforehand. That could because have been... they, they, where New 52 starts, you never really see Luther instead outside of Action Comics. Mm-hmm. And even in Action Comics, you, you don't see him much because they kind of, they kind of allude to him being in prison. Um, you know what? We really should do like a superhero based D and I'm sure they have to have like a, a setting that exists. We no one no we do not talk about that Marvel tabletop game. I don't remember what it was called because it was bad. It was, was just bad. The closest thing I think we've ever tried to do was off of BESM, and that's where Supernova Man comes from. And we don't talk about Supernova Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think we should try and look at existing systems and maybe try and build our own? Marvel, DC, or even a superhero-based system and try and give that a shot? I, I mean, a there's a fair share we could do that. And if you guys have any information regarding stuff like that, that's a new system that may not be uh, in the regular no, go ahead and drop that in the comments below. Also, absolutely, if you think this is like a great idea, a terrible idea, should we pursue this? Hell, if we do it, we might even try and live stream it at one point or mm-hmm. another. It's definitely something we'd be interested in hearing from all of you about. And if there's a Disney executive listening, buy Wizards of the Coast and start making tabletop games for everything in your universes. Please? <laughs> like, we will gladly let you be our overlords as long as you do things right. Yes. Pretty much. Praise Disney. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that is going to lead us out for the evening. Um, and, uh, yeah. So don't forget to subscribe. Also make sure to hit that bell so that way you get notifications and know when new videos, new episodes of Ready Control Podcast comes out. Leave a like if you enjoyed what you were listening to. And also don't forget to comment down below with any kind of points as far as either arguments, you agree, you also think Mike is wrong, or anything else like that. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr, and Snapchat. Check us out on Twitch, and if you like our content and want to see us grow, find us over on Patreon and become a patron.